welcome to Dulles. We're a community of faith that embodies the love of Jesus for the good of our neighbor and renewal of our world. We're so glad you're listening. Hey, buddy. How are you, man? Doing great, Brad. Always a pleasure to have a conversation with you, see you, be with you. Uh, what's up, Dulles family? Uh, been a while since I've seen you guys. Uh, wish I could be there in person, but uh, it's good, good to be with you virtually. Yeah, we'll get you. We'll get you back here soon. You and I met for lunch not long ago to talk about that. I think we're going to try to tag team. Or um, we always love it when you're with us, Josh. For those who don't know, Joshua Simonette has been part of our teaching team. He uh, speaks for us two or three times a year. I, I think a couple of years ago it was more than that. And man, we've been longtime friends. I think. Every year we talk about it, the number goes up. I think it's been 16 or 17 years we've we've been hanging yeah. out. Uh, yeah, it's about, about 16 now, I think. I think so. I think so. We ran into each other at a retreat in Montana last July with our network. Yeah, passing in the airport, actually. <laughs> yeah, that was great to see you just for a few minutes. Uh, Josh has been just a dear friend through the ups and downs of pastoring and uh man you've been in my house for meals and we've gone to conferences together so i love this i love that we can chat like this this has become a tradition on, on the super bowl for us yeah it's good to good to hang and good to uh, to talk uh ministry to talk football love that so uh yeah should be good all right, let's start with the Ravens' loss. Um, all right, so you're- I mean, you, you start with the Ravens' loss. <laughs> I'm glad we're not showing this in Baltimore. I'm, I'm, I'm sure that's one of the reasons you're not. So, okay, you, you pastor in Baltimore. Football's yep. been a big part of your life. Um, man, the Ravens losing at home with so much momentum this year, losing to Mahomes, and maybe, maybe we should say to Andy Reid, yeah. Um, yeah. It was tough. It was tough to watch. Yeah, it really was tough to watch. Um, you know, before we get to that game, you know, it's um, I mean, it's just been a, a really great season. Um, you know, Baltimore is a small market, um, you know, we're a small market city, you know, compared to obviously bigger markets like New York and LA and Chicago. Um, and uh man, this is a, you know, blue collar town and you know, people really get around um and get excited about what's happening with the ravens uh here and man it, it's just been a huge um uh, i think positive thing for our city there's been a lot of negative press about baltimore but you know the ravens uh you know have been a, a consistent presence there they they consistently won um they haven't done it in the postseason but but they've consistently won the orioles had a great season this past year um so there's a lot of energy great vibe uh you know in the city around just what the team is doing, um, what Lamar Jackson has been able to do. Uh, so yeah, it's just disappointing to have the season end the way it did. Um, you know, I think that, I think people were nervous though, knowing that Kansas city and, and Andy Reid was coming in town. I'm sure. And you know, here just being, you know, Baltimore's neighbor, you feel it here. I mean, I felt it that night. I felt it kind of personally. And then, you know, we've got Ravens fans at church at, at Dulles. And I think because it's AFC, NFC, you know, between our cities, Baltimore maybe is DC's AFC team. So yeah, yeah. it's such a, such a bummer. They just didn't look themselves at all. All right. So yeah. here, here's my, my first question for us. Um, 
with so much excitement this year, you know, Lamar being the, the, the leading MVP candidate, the defense was number one. They were the best. They had the best record in the NFL. Yeah. What are some ways that this loss, um, you could relate to the highs and lows of spiritual life. And, and, you know, you and me as pastors, maybe the highs and lows of leading a church. Yeah. Like, do you see any kind of like parallel that? Yeah. Yeah, I actually do. First of all, you know, I, I think that um, and, and people can relate to this, I think, in life, in business, um, in general. I, I think we should never trust momentum. Um, and I think that's a really, um, you know, I think that's a really uh, maybe different thing that maybe people haven't heard. And here's why I say that. I think like momentum lulls you to sleep. Like no, momentum is not necessarily mm -hmm. a bad thing. Like you want momentum, like you want to, you want to gain momentum. You want to kind of get things going in the right direction. So that's good. You have to like raise your awareness. I think as you uh, begin to like hit on all cylinders and you got to be careful, you know, you can, you can uh, lack discipline. You can fall asleep. Um, you can get comfortable. And, you know, I think part of what happened with the Ravens and part of what happens with a lot of us is when things are going well, you know, we kind of relax and, um, and then mm -hmm. sometimes, um, you know, we don't, we, we don't um, uh, maybe play, pay as, as close attention to, uh, to details um, or maybe we even get away with certain things because things are going, you know, so well. And I think specifically what happened in the Ravens game, just to give a quick analysis for anybody who cares, I think the Ravens kind of got away from their identity. I think they got away from who they were because, yeah. um, you know, there was some adversity. You know, they 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 there was um, they didn't really have momentum. Um, it was choppy, and and so I think they got a little anxious and they got a little ahead of themselves, um, as opposed to just being patient. And what's interesting is if you look at the NFC Championship game. I think what the reason the 49ers won is they never got away from who they were. Like mm -hmm. they were down. Um, so the value system in terms of who they are, um, they held on to that and, and they prevailed. And I think the same thing happens in our spiritual life. Um, the same thing happens in our personal life. Uh, what are our values that we're holding to? And uh, what are those things that, that are foundational for us to, to help us become successful? And at the end of the day, um, Jesus has promised us um certain outcomes if we hold to certain values and principles um sometimes life just happens and we get nervous and then we try to take matters into our own hands and then we you know we lose focus and it and and the victory escapes us so good man it's so true we see something whether it's it scares us whether it's fear or something that we need to try to control i think that's really well said and it just gets us off of you know the the virtue we're, we're in a series right now what we're calling closer than you think yeah where jesus you know in his words in mark um he begins with the time has come i'm arriving I, my kingdom's come and if you if you subscribe to my values and how life really works you're closer to my kingdom my realm than, than you might think you are and yeah. i think i think it doesn't take much to take us off of what he says is real life yeah, or the source of life. And often it's from our trying to control our attempt to control. Yeah. Um, man, really, really good point. So, you know, we talk at Dulles a lot about God's movement on earth. Mm -hmm. His activity on earth is through the church, his primary movement to remake, renew, 
make all things new is is through his church as yeah. imperfect as as his church is you, you, okay so you played football for those who don't know josh played played in the nfl you played for the redskins and the dolphins and you've told me many times how much you learned as a man yeah from coaches and and, and players but but in the idea of team so how is God's movement on earth a lot like a team or like a team sport? Yeah. You know, in, a, in an era where we tend to come and sit quietly in a church yeah. and look ahead at one person, maybe the coach or, you know, the, the pastor who talks, yeah. how would you relate the actual movement of God to the idea of team? Yeah, that's a really good question. First of all, I think, um, you know, um, God's vision um in in allowing jesus to come to earth was to restore his original game plan his original yeah. vision and um his original vision was for or, or his his hope through jesus was that um we would be reconciled back to him and we would be reconciled back to each other so in other words there's a there's a bigger and a greater vision beyond us individually that if we fully tap into what God has a vision for us and we fully tap into those around us, like we can experience the fullness of life. And that's what a team is like, hey, we can accomplish the fullness of, of our potential, um, maybe even, you know, capture the ultimate goal of a championship. But even if we don't like we can we can get everything out of this experience if the vision behind what we're doing is greater than ourselves individually and we are um, connected to one another uh, in the best possible way. So imagine a world uh, where uh, we have uh, literally like this, this, this vision of, hey, this is God's kingdom and this is what he, he desires for us and, and this is what he envisions for humanity to flourish. And the way to do that is to step outside of ourselves and um, prioritize that and then prioritize the well-being of each other. Yeah. I mean, imagine that. Now, it's not like we don't have any point of reference for what that looks like. Yeah. Because you know what happens when tragedy strikes or when, you know, their major people start uniting, people start, you know, coming together. People because in those moments we realize like, wow, this this really isn't about me. Yeah. Um and it's unfortunate that tragedy and 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 you know issues of of those kind bring us to the to that point. But I think like I've learned as an athlete and I've learned as a teammate and in those environments that man, if everybody's on the same page and we're for each other and we understand the vision and we're sacrificing for that vision, there's nothing that we can't accomplish. Yeah. So one thing we've been talking about on this point, Josh, is how God's plan has always been to use people. Yeah. Whether we like it or not. I mean, when you look in, in Eden, that humans were called to image him. You look at the call of Moses, Abraham, then he calls a people, like a nation of people to represent him to the rest of the world. He uses Jesus. I mean, he himself comes as a person. Yeah. Um, we've talked about this here in recent months and his plan is still the same. And so it's almost as if God is waiting. Sometimes I get the sense that if, if we're going to be inactive, if we're going to just be passively sitting on the sidelines, so to speak, he's just going to wait. He'll wait for another generation. He'll wait right. for, 
if if my family's not going to step up, if I'm not going to, you know, step up to really meet needs or love my neighbor, he'll wait for another family or a, yeah. another person. Rudy's a young man in our church who who spoke at Christmas, um, one of our young leaders, and he he made this point that this is why Mary and Joseph were important. I mean, God always uses people. He could have just yeah. dropped, you know, baby Jesus. He himself could have come and just sitting in the city somewhere or arriving. And the, least, and the least likely people. The least likely. That's exactly right. So that's something we're really focused on is calling our people, not just to join us in church and listen, but to actually practice, to be yeah. practitioners of what Jesus has called us to. Why, why was, I, I, I jotted this question for us, maybe, you know, thinking we might get to it. When I use the words Jesus lost, it, it sometimes is kind of jarring to people. Yep. But in the eyes of his disciples and followers, that's really for a few days, that's what they thought happened. Why, why was yeah. Jesus losing on the cross? You know, we're talking about the Ravens losing and kind of this this yeah. this idea of loss. Why was it shocking? Yeah. Um, and how does God powerfully use loss like in in your mind or your experience yeah. do you see god use loss like what are your thoughts on the power of loss yeah well first of all just for anyone listening um i want you to um look up this guy john o on instagram like literally the the name john j-o-h-n and then o on instagram he is a phenomenal uh, communicator and writer around grief and loss. And he's done uh, just some great work, um, I would say, uh, given an exegesis on what this means for us. And nobody likes grief and loss. You know, no one likes to feel hurt. No one likes to feel um, let down, disappointed, or, or crushed, for that matter. And I mean, the disciples were, and the followers of Jesus were absolutely crushed. Um, and part of the reason why they were crushed is because they still didn't have the total vision of what God's kingdom was about. Um, so they were still short-sighted in that way um, where they were thinking of an earthly kingdom. They had the mindset of what a king and what a kingdom is supposed to be about. And so that's primarily their point of reference. And so a lot of time what losses do for us is they expand our point of reference. And so Jesus coming the way that he did, um, becoming an ultimate sacrifice for us, um, was his way of expanding um, the kingdom beyond this earth, in addition to reconciling us back to, um, to, G to, to God and reconciling us back to each other. So oftentimes, I think God uses loss to expand our vision, to help us to, to see differently and to see clearly. And we all know what this is like. We know that like when we're in the middle of it, it sucks and we like hate it. But yeah. all of us have stories of loss where we look back and we're like, man, but I learned this or it taught me this or, or I'm better because of this or I, I shifted because of this loss. And so it is it is an expansion opportunity. And unfortunately, though, particularly when it comes to to grief and loss, we have a culture in a society that just tries to move on or just try to put it behind us. And like, that's the worst thing that we can do because, um, you know, we don't get an opportunity to actually kind of dive in and really um, gain more clarity. 
And so, you know, although it looked like Jesus lost on the cross, um, like what he was trying to do was actually defeat the only power that uh, could be leveraged against him, which was death, which was our penalty that he canceled forever. And so um, we're not we're not able to always understand what's happening and what's at work. Uh, but uh, losses are a part of life and there can never be a renewal of life or new life without death or some loss. Yeah. And, and his, you know, his death, taking our death is, is the greatest win. It became it became the the pinnacle win of all time for, for right. humanity. And right. when you're in the loss, you just it's so hard to see it. It's so hard to see it. And. I would say that some of my most intimate experiences with God, where I became closer to him than ever, were because of heartache or disappointment or crushing loss in some way. Yeah. And if we, you know, if we allow it to put walls up between God, it'll distance us. If we allow yeah. it to drive us to him, we'll find ourselves surrendering in loss in a new way, like trusting, like, um, that's the beauty. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm doing this, I'm writing this study right now about the wilderness, the power of being in the wilderness. Yeah. Nobody wants to be in the wilderness. We just want to get out whenever we're, you know, if it's a work wilderness or career related or financial, or maybe, you know, loss of a relationship or something, it can just feel like we're in this desert and we want God to hurry up and get us back to paradise or to, to yes. the oasis. But, yeah. you know, when you look at Jesus going into the wilderness to launch his whole plan, you know, Moses was called by God in the wilderness. It's amazing that God wants to meet us often. He, he meets us in loss. And you know what, Brett? Listen, even that is, is a ridiculous thing to think about. No one launches a... A, a plan no one launches a business no one launches anything by going into the wilderness like going into hard places or doing it this this hard thing no no one does that you know hey we want to have coming out parties hey we want to have launch parties we want everybody to but but this is this is not the way that um we see jesus start his ministry um and it's not the way he, he uh we see him in this ministry as well you know and so i think like when we look at just to kind of um maybe uh uh shine a light here on on a key point when we look at um you know what jesus is calling us to and following him um really it is an intentional um surrendering and saying hey like you know what i'm willing to sacrifice these things and this life because there is something better. There's something great. Yeah. For those of you watching and you, you know, just the talk of loss or wilderness, you know, doesn't sound appealing. Just remember God's plan is the promised land. He's, he's, he wants to move you to Eden again. He wants to move you to paradise, which we all crave. And sometimes for us to become the people that will live well in paradise, we have to go through the wilderness. We have to go through that season of surrender or allowing God to strip away what he wants yeah. to just get off of us. And Brad, just one final point on this, very practically speaking, you know, loss and wilderness and none of those things sound sexy and we don't really love those things, but none of us would really get into any great story without loss. 
without wilderness. Like it is the component in the story that makes the story what it is. Obviously, you know this from the, you know, leading the film festival that you lead and, you know, um, just just the powerful narratives that 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 have compelled us and inspired us is the overcoming of some adversity, of some loss that eventually makes the story um, better in the end. It makes the people who've experienced it better in the end. Yeah, it's so true, man. And I just really urge you, those watching, to to trust that and try it. Just just try trust in this promise of God that He'll lead you through it. Um, toward actual life. Yeah, um, yeah. All right, we're both pastors. What What is something you wish your people knew or understood better? I would say two things. One, um, I wish that, um, and I, I wouldn't say just like the people that Hopeville, um, you know, here in Baltimore where I leave, but I would just say in general, I wish we all understood that everybody is broken. I mean, like, we're all broken. We all have, you know, just jacked up stuff that we're trying to work through and process through. And um, and the reason why I, I wish we put more of a focus on that is because I think that if we, if we confronted that more, we would be more authentic. We would spend less time worrying about, like, what people think about us. Uh-huh. We would spend less time trying to you know, um, beautify ourselves and fix ourselves up and present ourselves a certain way. I'm not saying you shouldn't dress nice or put on makeup, any of those things. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, you know, we would we would invest less of our time, and effort, and energy uh, trying to uh, present well. I mean, we spend a lot of time trying to present well, and it's just it's a waste of a valuable time. So we're all broken. We all have issues. We all have challenges, and I think related to that. You know, I wish that, um, you know, the people who I have the opportunity to leave, like, really understood, like, how much I struggle, like, personally, um, how much, like, these things that I talk about and that I present and that I'm sharing are, you know, things that I struggle with as well um, when it comes to trying to uh, devote more time to prayer and and scripture reading and being kind to people and not like losing my mind when people are just like on the road that with with a license that maybe they shouldn't have you know anyway I'll that's a y'all pray for me in that area but (laughs) um, but yeah I mean I I, it's these things are very personal for us as well even as pastors we are human and we you know are trying to follow Jesus and struggle in the same way as everyone else does yeah, that's so, so good, man. Um, I would echo everything you just said. And for me, I, you know, I would love our people to know and really better understand how much life there is in being available to one another. Yes. There's, I, I see it sometimes in people's eyes or just kind of generally, I'm not, I'm not thinking of any person, just generally the the default thought that you know the pastor up there on stage is the one who's going to take care of the people in our church yeah or the there's a handful of church leaders they're going to do the work of faith yes and you know we all want this world to change we all want unity we all want to see our world be more beautiful and jesus tells us it's going to be his image in all of us Um, yes what I, what I wish people, not, not just our people, but just 
just people in the American church. I wish they understood or maybe were more open to is the world's going to change when we have enough margin in our life to actually invite people to dinner to our homes um to to actually you know people ask me a lot josh they'll ask me hey the new family that came have you talked to them or where's so and so been and i'm really trying to lead in a way where i'm saying well will you tell me yeah where where have they been you know yeah and and that's the, I just want to jump in on that point because I, I dream like like one of my dreams as a pastor. And this is Dallas, this is basically what Brad is saying. Um, the, the dream for us is that um, more and more um, solutions would come to us that have already been taken care of versus like problems to solve. Um, for example, like, hey, you know, um, this happened in our community or this happened here. And so I called this person and we worked together to help resolve this. Just wanted you to know that. I mean, like that would be, that's the ultimate win there that you're, you're now sharing stories with us of how like your heart has been prompted and you had space and margin or maybe you didn't and you just made it happen. And then you told us like, this is what happened. And so like, I, I share that often, like, hey, I, I, I love those moments. I love those days where you're telling me like, hey, this happened and this is how we solved it. Yeah, and you know, if somebody's new or, or somebody's seeking and they, they come in to kind of investigate, man, that's that's just all we, all we ask, you know, just feel right. welcomed, come sit in the back if you want. But for those who are part of the church, right? when someone comes to you with a solution where they see a problem and they say, hey, I think I have an idea here or I'd like to step up, that immediately tells me they're a participant. They're actually part of yes. the, They're actually part of the movement of God's church. Um, yes. Yeah. So hopefully that's an encouraging reminder to people watching. All right. We're kind of near the end of our time here. What, what, um, this is good stuff, Josh, just always, every time we talk, when we pray together, when we eat meals together, we travel together, it's just always good for my soul. Same um, here, Brad. Love you, bro. What, what, what's your Super Bowl pick? Um, I, you know, I think it's hard to, you know, to go against Mahomes. Um, you know, I mean, he's, he's, uh, I think he's a generational talent. Um, I think he's showing, shown this year that, um, he doesn't need to have, um, you know, an all-star squad. Um, there are a lot of questions coming into the season, but, um, you know, I I just think it's hard to bet against this guy. It's hard to bet against Andy Reid. Uh, the thing that they have done well is, uh, really game plan specific, uh, you know, each, each week. Uh, but I think I think San, San Francisco can do it. I think San Francisco can pull it off. I think they have the weapons. I think they have uh, the talent. And, you know, Kyle Shanahan is a great leader, a great, you know, offensive mind. So I think it's going to be a toss up. And, you know, I'm, I'm I'm leaning I'm leaning towards Mahomes, but I wouldn't be surprised if the 49ers pull it off. And um, I, I, I like Shanahan. You know, I would like to see him see him get one. Um, so we'll see. Just hope it's a good game. I know I didn't make a prediction, but that's on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> I hope it's close too. And you know, I was a Montana fan and Jerry Rice and Ronnie Lott. So I'd love to see the 49ers do it again. And there's a couple people I'll leave unnamed in this house that really want to see Mahomes lose more than uh, there's a lot of people who want to see that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I love you, buddy. Thanks. Thanks for meeting love up. Too, man. Uh, we'll we'll get you to Dallas soon. Looking forward to it. Dallas, love you guys. Hope to see you soon. God bless. See you, man.